tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Goodbye, University. Hello, this is Jeanette, and today is November 3rd. This is our GVU call on the topic of the month that we do the first Wednesday of every month. And our topic today, I wanted to talk about manifesting myths. <laughs> um, I, I, maybe it's not the most positive focus, but I would like to bring to light any illusions that any of us might be carrying about deliberate creation and law of attraction and actually, as I started putting notes together for this, I thought it would be a little more fun to do this as um, because some of these I was like, well, that could be true. <laughs> so I would I would love to have some discussion around this. And I know we have Maria and Robert dialed in. Will you guys say hello? Hello. Hello. I I um I was going to publish these in the forum in advance to give you guys some chance to think of what I might have missed or to add to this list. Maybe you already have some in mind, but I'd love some conversation around this. I'll just start with a couple that I have listed and then ask what you guys think of as myths that you often hear, not just from deliberate creators, but also from those who don't practice deliberate creation that that they believe about law of attraction. So I, I kind of have a combination on my list. But the first one, <laughs> one of my favorite ones, and I know Zoe talks about this one a lot too, the in fact, Zoe calls it the when-then myth, um, and I, I put it on my list as I'll be happy when. <sighs> Such a myth. Um, you know, the whole point of deliberate creation is to get happy now just because we can, and, and that's how it works. We feel it first, then it happens, um, because things and experiences don't make us happy, although it sure seems that way sometimes. In fact, Sarah had a post in the forums about... Um, Oh, she said something about paying off her car or her truck, and so she didn't have payments anymore. And she was maybe it was on Facebook. I can't remember where, but she was just delighted about it. And I and I remember my experience of paying off my house. How <laughs> I did not experience delight or relief or anything along those lines. And it was really curious to me because she seemed to be genuinely happy as a result of this. And I thought, well, maybe that's worth questioning. But but I suspect what was happening was that Sarah has just been practicing delight and happiness that if she had just gotten another loan, she'd be celebrating that because that's where she was dialed in. And where I was dialed in when I was paying off my house was pain and misery and struggling and suffering. So, But I think this one is a pretty big one, the, the belief that I'll be happy when I get what I want, whatever that is. Um, and Has I, I, anyone, should we have a discussion around that one? Does anyone agree or disagree? So basically, it's a matter of what comes first. That reminds me of the saying of uh, people sometimes say, "Well, I'll see it. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it," mm-hmm. thinking that they have to see something before they can believe it. Mm-hmm. When in reality, the truth is that once you believe something, that's when it appears. That's when you see it. So it's just the reverse order. It is exactly the reverse order, and that's really, I think, the heart of the power of deliberate creation: to be willing to feel something rather than require something external to change or shift or happen before we feel better. I think that's the heart of it. So that one I've got on the on the top of my list. The, yeah. the second 
myth that I've got. Hello, Sarah. I was just talking about you. Were your ears burning? <laughs> Maybe Sarah's muted. Um, all right. So uh, the can I just say one more thing to that? Oh, please, Maria. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, it's the whole premise of, you know, even what I teach with respect to the love and life now, it, it's because if, if, let's just take, I, I'm having a like, little morning moment, if, if, if. Okay. Um, think about it this way, and for people that sometimes this is kind of hard to get, we, we believe in the fact that, you know, when bad things happen, a lot of people say, oh, it happens in threes. Or that's, I know that's a myth, too, but that's what they believe. It's like it's a snowball effect. So it seems like when you stub your toe in the morning, then the day goes wrong, then you're late to work, then da-da-da-da, all the bad is attracting the bad type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. Well, when you're in a happy place, when you're in a really rocking place, mm-hmm. you, you, it's just kind of logic. It's like, well, hello, when you're happy first, well, guess what's going to happen? You're going to attract more happy mm. things to you. Exactly. Exactly. I love that it goes both ways. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think another big myth in manifesting is that negative emotions are bad. I know those of us who study this in depth, we know that there's we can't resist those emotions. It's part of the process. It's part of our guidance system. They are not to be wished away. But I think people who have a superficial exposure to law of attraction find themselves um, resistant to feeling or thinking anything negative because they're afraid that it's going to it's going to um, attract something negative. And I was thinking about how <laughs> Tia's hissy fits, or tantrums, I think she calls them. Like, I think many people would think having, having an episode like that could seriously set back your, your manifesting progress. But sometimes hissy fits or tantrums are what propels our progress because negative emotions unexpressed are what slows our progress. And when we deny what we're feeling, we perpetuate that very vibe, the one that we're in denial of, and that's what slows progress. So I think it's a myth for some people. I know not everyone buys into this one, some know better, that, that there's no such thing as a positive or negative emotion, even though we label them that way. The, the, where we run into trouble is when we don't allow ourselves to feel whatever it is we're feeling. That's when we can get um, kind of stuck in it. The way I would put it is that everything has a purpose. Everything serves a purpose. Um, I heard a church leader giving a talk about suffering, and he made the comment that uh, no suffering will be wasted, that it all serves a purpose. Oh, and um, there'll, there'll be a, uh, a positive outcome because of it. No suffering will be wasted. I like that. Like to, to look for the value in suffering, and those of us tuned into deliberate creation know that how powerful contrast is, so that's not a hard one for us to buy into, right? Right. Yeah, no, that's great. You know, I also think that um, I know when I first started learning about law of attraction, and I, I learned it. Um, I don't, I'm sure people are familiar with Michael Ogier, and you know, it was all about you know even what you said. You couldn't even say the word "don't" and "not." And oh my God, I made myself crazy because you know we do say those words a lot. But then I realized afterwards it's really about what you're feeling underneath and allowing that feeling to kind of guide you to just a better feeling place. So. Maybe I'm going into another myth about the kind of the words you use. I mean, because I don't. Really I know. like that. That's a really good one to add to the list. That there are there are some bad words that we should avoid. I, I mean, hello, we know about resistance. <laughs> if we're resisting, don't not or no or saying cancer or weight or debt. I mean, the resistance is what is the the universe is responding to, not the words. <laughs> 
That's a yeah. good one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I made myself nuts in the beginning. I'm like, oh, my God, I just said not again. I just said don't again. <laughs> what the heck, you know? And then I realized, but it's more about what you say underneath. If I'm going to just say I don't want a hamburger, I mean, what's the big deal about that? <laughs> no, no, you know? no, no. Yeah, I like that one. Thanks. That's a good one. Um, I think, uh, let me see what other one I like. What would I put third? Well, this one, deliberate creation is hard work. <laughs> that that like it's easy to get it wrong. It's a very tricky process. I think the truth is that it's a very forgiving process. It's a simple matter. Find a way to feel better, period. Whether it's through a better thought or a better feeling action, it's just about feeling better. That's pretty simple. But I know sometimes we can work ourselves into, like even reading um, the post from Andy this morning, or I guess she posted it last night, but about how, like it, like how mysterious the process is. Like you know, it's this simple supposedly, and I practiced that, and it didn't work. I don't think that's unusual to come to those sorts of conclusions that we've we've got to get it just right in order for you know to line everything up and keep your fingers crossed that you don't screw it up before something good happens. I, it's really an, a simple and I think an easy process. What feels better? Simple. And it, it's so natural and easy that it's always happening. I mean, even when we're asleep, it's still working. Mm-hmm. Oh, especially when we're asleep, resistance-free. Did you guys read? Okay, so I posted the the money wisdom quotes. Did you read the? It was near the end of the list. The one where the workshop participant was telling Abraham his story about how everything comes so naturally to him, and whenever they need money, he, his wife would say, "Well, it's time for you to go to sleep." <laughs> he could always make money when he slept. So oh, that was fabulous. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, but I don't think it takes a dozen daily processes or meditating twice a day or eliminating every little single toleration that's bothering us. It really isn't that hard. It's a, in fact, when Catherine Dixon was teaching me EFT in person, um, she she said one of the things she liked about the process so much was that it was very forgiving. That you didn't have to get it exactly right because I was like, wait, what order, what spot, is this where it is or is it a little like – She's like, it's pretty. It's a very forgiving process. If you don't get it just right, it's still going to be effective. I like that about it, and I think the same can be said for deliberate creation. Now, when I was learning Psych K from Rita, the way they teach it is not that it's a forgiving process. In fact, they say you've got to read the script, and they provide you a script for the words like it is safe and appropriate to balance for this goal now. And they say you've got to get every single word right to the point where even Rita, who's practiced this for five years, still reads it to make sure that every single word is right. And I, I was like, oh, my gosh, is that overkill or is that just some insurance to make sure that everyone really is not tripping themselves up in the process? I don't know. But I know that law of attraction is pretty simple, what feels better. And it doesn't have to be a, a daily discipline. We don't have to make a pray rain journal every day. All we got to do, pay attention to what feels better. I like that. But but there are plenty of us, and I'm in this category too, who talk enough about this to make it seem like it's hard work. So to whatever extent I have contributed to the belief that this is hard stuff, I apologize. <laughs> but I think you mentioned in a previous call, you did say something like, it takes effort. And I, and I, effort. I think there's some merit to that that phrase, it's true that it's still, like if you've been practicing a way of thinking and feeling for, I'm just going to make this number up, 20 years straight, yeah. then it just takes some conscious effort 
to to really start um, flowing a different way. You know, I wish that I had in front of me that quote from Abraham about how it does take effort to change your thoughts because law of attraction is going to continue to bring you the same thoughts that you've always been thinking. So until you um, invest the effort to change those thoughts, you're just going to be getting more of the same. And that does require conscious attention. It requires focusing. And in that sense, there is work involved. Um, I think it would be, I don't think anyone could successfully make the argument that that's hard work. I think it's important work. It's worthwhile work. But it, it is, it, it does require effort. Um, in fact, that reminds me of one of the other myths that I was thinking about. Um, that, you know, once you've done the work and you got what you wanted, you're good to go. Your work is done. Nancy pointed out in one of the forum threads, I can't remember which one it was on, but I still remember it, where she said, you know, this isn't something you do just once and you're done. This is something you do every day, that our target is continuing. And this might sound contradictory to what I just shared, but I don't think it is. Um, but we know that whenever we get what we want, we're just going to want something else, right? So if we have a – if we have um, – does anyone else think background noise or is it my imagination? Yep, hearing it. I'm going to see if I can mute a couple of us. Oh, uh, it's probably me, Jeanette. I'm in my car. Let me mute myself. Me... Oh, no worries. I got your girlfriend. Oh, all right. Yeah, Laura, that's better. Muted. All right. Well, unmute, Laura, when you want to add to our conversation here. Um, because once we get what we want, then eventually contrast is going to come up and we are going to want something else. So you know, when the way Abraham describes it, that our who we really are and um, and like our – our big me and our little me, there's a gap that we're continually working, you know, to close that gap. And so whenever we get what we want, then eventually we're going to have a new desire, and it's a continual process. So it, this isn't something like a degree that you achieve one day and then you have it forever after. Your alignment is something that you have to continue to cu cultivate. Well, you don't have to, but if you want to continue the alignment, it's going to require ongoing attention. Um, I am really open to argument on that one because I'd kind of like if that weren't the case. <laughs> Could anyone make an argument how, no, really, once you get in the flow of things, that's what you're used to. It's how you live. It, it isn't something you have to continually work at. I really well, like that thought. I don't know. I, I mean, I like that thought, but I also think that I remember even Abraham Hicks talking about that, you know, you don't experience contrast when you croak. I mean, there's always going to be contrast. So, I mean, even even some of the stories about Esther, Je Esther Jerry, etc. I mean, we're all human, and that things might happen in your life where there's going to be contrast. So that's where the effort comes into play, or the deliberate, being deliberately conscious of your thoughts and feelings, so you can pivot it. Do you know what I mean? I think that that's mm -hmm. that's what the work, quote unquote, is. I just did the air quotes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, you know what, you know what I think, Maria, that that work it becomes more effortless. It becomes more natural the longer that we do it. Yes. So it yeah. it can become a habit, but it's a habit that we have to continue if we if we want to continue to experience the results from it. I don't know. 
Hey, this is Sarah. I want to hey. add to that real quick. <laughs> I've got Sarah? some background noise probably, so I'll make this real quick. But oh, you're fine. One, one myth that I was kind of falling prey to, I think, a while ago was, like, like people who are masters of this stuff, like, they never experience anything bad, like, nothing oh. ever unwanted ever occurs in their lives. And, and then I hear the story about Esther and the table and the floor, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I'm not so different from Esther. Got it. <laughs> You know what I loved about that, too, is that when they tell the story about how that happens repeatedly, it's not like it just happens once and they clean it right up. They, there's right. some work involved for, for them, too. I couldn't agree more that, mm-hmm. um, that it is yeah. nice. And, and I think that's more evidence to to the argument that it is a continual process. Because, oh, yeah. Um, Bester's been working on this since the 80s, has she? How right. <laughs> While. Yeah. yeah. I think another myth is that um, – I'm sorry, were, was so, were you going to say something else, Sarah? No, that's pretty much it, but that's that's one that I've really lightened up about, like, over the last couple of weeks. Like, I see, like, you know, masterful coaches who know this stuff, like, you know, posting things that are like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe, like, that kind of contrast. And I'm like, you know, it's just contrast. Like, I mean, maybe that's, like, another one, too. Like, oh. being, like when we beat ourselves up about, like, like, oh, I must really suck at this. This horrible thing is happening. Like, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. And, and, and no, that's, that's not it at all. Exactly. And and I think another myth could be that there will come a time when we no longer experience contrast when we're in 24-7. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's called yeah. death. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a Other good than that, that's that's pretty much yeah. That was a huge aha for me when I started I, I like to Pernilla, wake up to that. Pernilla wrote a post on that not too long ago about how, um, you know, even those who practice this experience challenges and contrast and quote unquote problems in life. Um, I thought that was it was a brave post and an important reminder for anyone who might be thinking that there's going to come a time when they never get upset again or they never feel upset or, or sad or discouraged or depressed. Right. Uh, you know. Con- contrast is part of the plan. <laughs> it's what mm-hmm. makes the system work. So it is It is not to be wished away. Um, I think another myth is that, I hear this one on occasion, I know not everyone buys into it, but I hear it occasionally, that you have to be patient with law of attraction, that successful manifesting requires us um, to be patient with the process. I disagree. This stuff works fast. Uh, and and we ha- I have stories of how it's fast and how it's slow, but it's not because the process takes a while. It's just a matter of my alignment. I'm what's dictating the time frame here. But you guys, might, b- before I started the recording yesterday on the money party, I was talking about how I how I broke and fixed a dishwasher with my thoughts in the space of like I don't know 20 hours. And then you know my story about how I built a full time coaching practice in three months. I know some coaches would think that's fast and and. Others would think, what took you so long? Um, I manifested Russ in three weeks. But I I think even though we don't have to have patience with law of attraction, it is very helpful to have patience with ourselves because the process, the law of attraction, it works fast. But sometimes it does take a bit of practice for us to develop a new habit of thought. And I think that's where patience comes in, but not because we're waiting on, on the universe or because, you know, I even used to say how we've got to ride out those old vibrations and it takes a while before the new ones catch up. And that thought, it did, and sometimes it still does, feel better to me for explaining why things aren't happening as quickly as they are. But but 
man, I've, you guys have seen it happen fast too in your own lives. So I think that where we want to be patient is with ourselves. It's not about slow law of attraction. And sometimes patience is uh, required just because it takes us a while to let go. I remember a long time ago when I was going to manifest a bunch of money and I uh, put up a big graph that I was going to graph every you know week how much money I had. And um, it just, nothing happened week by week. And then I, I threw the graph away. And within a pretty quick time, I had all the, the money that I had uh, wanted to manifest. That's and the cool. patience came was, it took me a while to let go of the, uh, the need or let go of the, uh, you know, angst or anxiety or... Mm-hmm. About the time frame? Right. Yeah, it reminds me of um, of Abraham saying that you don't need patience when you're in the vortex. <laughs> I, I like that thought. I don't know exactly how they meant it, but what I hear that as... You don't need patience when you're in the vortex because when you're in the vortex, you're feeling good. There isn't anything that needs to change. You know, you're 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 feeling happy. You're feeling good. There isn't like you're waiting for different circumstances because you are already in enjoyment. Um, I think another myth that there's a right and a wrong way to do this stuff. Like, you know, hey, this is what worked for me, so it'll work for you. Uh, the bottom line is, I believe. I could be wrong, but I think it's that our inner guidance rules <laughs> that we can take input from others, but we want to feel it out for ourselves, you know, to give our inner being a chance to weigh in on it. Um, my girlfriend, Anne, who repeated her affirmation, her affirmation to and from work every day, that would make me a little batty, but it really empowered her and worked really well. I mean, she experienced a transformed life as a result, and it only took, I don't know, a couple, I don't even want to say it was more than two weeks. Um I just used my mantra whenever I had a negative thought. You know, that was my trigger to repeat it. I didn't repeat it to myself. I mean, I did have it posted on my board, but, you know, there's a big difference between our practices. Martha Beck's another example. She loves her vision board. I still, to this day, even though I've bought the materials for a couple of them, have never made one. (laughs) I I think that what we want to know is that we want to know ourselves. We want to know what's right for us. Not that there is one particular mysterious secret step or chant or process that's going to change everything for us. Maybe it's empowering to believe that, and if someone does, then then more power to them for accessing their power by embracing that belief. But but I I think it's worth recognizing that there there isn't really a secret. <laughs> there really isn't. You guys have any thoughts on that? Can you think of any things that do trump that? That like even even Tia's tantrums, they seem to serve her really well when she. I know she doesn't engage them often, but when she does, it seems to work really well for her. And Laura's deciding works really well for her, but for someone else to have a tantrum, it might not be the. It might not be the sort of thing that that gets them lined up. Or I wanted to make sure you were unmuted in case you wanted to say anything on this one. But um, I'm looking. I am looking forward to Laura showing us a way for leveraging that deciding energy in our lives more. Because I really want to. I really want to do that more often than I do. Because when I do, it's just by accident. I want to do it on purpose. Um, does anyone have anything to say on that one? 
Yeah. Hi, this is Sarah again. Sarah? <laughs> I like to call that technique chasing. <laughs> oh, I know. I I've experienced that, that myself. And I th- it's like what we really want to be chasing is our own guidance, like you said. Like, I had a client who, um, like, kind of presented that very, like, you know, kind of issue to me during our first session. She was like, so what can I do? What can I do to make it faster? And I'm like, ooh, like, I've got... I've got some good news and some bad news about that. Like, <laughs> the good news is is that you get to, you know, make this up as you go along. You get to decide for yourself what works best, and you get to feel into it. There's no one right way. And, you know, on one hand, she was like, like, oh, bummer. And then on the other oh, hand, it was like, okay, okay, like, let's let's talk that up. This is, this is the good news. This is the good, you know, this is the best part about it. <laughs> So I know what you mean. I've had a, I've had a couple of those clients who they were they would lay out their situation and then wait for me to like give them the prescription. Like, okay, so what should I be doing? <laughs> what, right. what process? What 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 are you going to give me? Like, there's some missing secret element that once they start practicing it, then everything's going to change. And and that's not to say mm-hmm. that there isn't a process that would serve them very well, but but there there really just isn't any right or wrong about this. How how each of us achieves our alignment can be different and to that to the extent that it is different we want to be open to hearing what that is and that comes from within maybe we know that as we hear it from someone else you know maybe we hear or we read a reading from kim and and something clicks and something doesn't but we we want to i think the only way we could go wrong is if we're ignoring what our gut or inner being or inner wisdom, whatever you want to call it, is pointing us towards. Well, it's really about what you believe. Um, if someone believes that visualization is going to help them, then that's the thing that's going to help them. If yeah. they believe that a coach is going to help them, then the coach will help them. Um, it, bottom line, if there is one right or wrong, it is right to believe. Um, you know, so and for that reason, maybe it's worth not putting a big spotlight on this one because if someone strongly believes in a process or a technique then it's kind of like my boyfriend my ex-boyfriend <laughs> makes fun of me for taking magic pills he calls them like whenever i'm running low on those adrenal pills or magnesium or whatever and i'll say oh yeah pick some up some of these up and he'll just make fun of me he'll be like you're still taking those like, don't you recognize that's not what's helping you, that what's helping you is your belief in those pills? And I know that. I know that really well. I know that to the point that years ago, I, I was, I take, I have Juice Plus, um, what, the, the food-based supplements, I take those every day. But years ago, I thought, I recognized, okay, it isn't the pills, it's my belief in the pills, so I believe that I'm going to continue to be healthy without spending $45 a month on this, this stuff. And so I stopped taking them and um and I like had my first cold in years. <laughs> so I know the power is in my mind, but if I'm accessing it better by swallowing a pill, then I'm going to take the pill. Um and someday that may change, but for now after having experimented, I am perfectly happy to replenish my source of whatever it is I think is going to serve me. So I think well said Robert on that 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 our belief about it is really what trumps everything here. Yeah. Hey Jeanette, it's Laura. It's an it, it's North. Let me know. And is it, can you hear me? Okay? Oh no, you're good. Yeah, well, I can hear you fine. Okay. Well, I wanted to say before when you were talking about, um, you know, the 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 tools. You know, people. You know, Sarah brought up that manifesting certain tools and 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 it's really about your inner guidance. And what I've found in a couple of instances is that if I'm just paying attention and I'm really being aware 
that I find in hindsight I realize what worked for me. So mm-hmm. even like this whole deciding thing, which, you know, I'm actually, it, it's really good that um, we're doing the call next week because there's a lot more things that like little details that are coming up that I think are going to be really helpful. I know. But that's something that I kind of realized in hindsight what I actually did. I mean, it was just really like going in and saying, okay, how, you know, this is the situation and it's just going with my inner guidance. And then I just said, wow, look at the power of that. And I've used it in other areas too. So many times you realize the technique after the fact if you really just kind of pay attention. Mm, I like that. I like that. And I like what we will be able to learn by getting more conscious about that process, by looking back on our successes and and picking out, okay, so what was key here and what was key there and and honoring, recognizing that honoring our guidance is what made the difference. Right, and just seeing how easy it is. I mean, how instantly, and like now that I've like realized this thing, it's like, okay, I'm going to look at this and see if I do do it deliberately, do I have the same results or do I really have to be as, you know, so it's, it's kind of interesting. It's still a work in progress, but, you know, it, it really works incredibly. And the other thing I wanted to say about, the health thing about your, you know, the beliefs and your, your juice and all that is that I was raised in a very, very health conscious family and, and, you know, just, you know, you only had like good food and vitamins and all that stuff. And I grew up believing, always believing that I was really healthy. And I also, I, I do eat really well and I do take supplements and I exercise. But the thing is, is that ever since I was very young, I just have this belief that I'm healthy. And I have to tell you, I rarely, if ever get sick and I could stop taking my vitamins and I can do, you know, so I just have this belief that I don't get sick. I am healthy, and it, it served me my whole life because it has nothing to do with necessarily what I'm doing. It's this belief that I am healthy. <laughs> so That's a nice one to carry. I like that. Yeah, it's a really – it's great. I don't even question it. It's like, you know, uh, this is the way it's always been. I don't know anything else. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I love that. I don't know anything else. That is cool. <laughs> Right on. So if it's too noisy, you can mute me, mute me whatever you want. Oh, you sound good. No, thanks for joining in the conversation. Yeah, one more thing um, about this topic where you said there's a right, there's, that there's a right or wrong way to do this stuff because that's a myth. That I mean, isn't it wonderful that there's an abundance of tools out there that anybody can use and you could – I always say to my clients, well, just you could try these on for size. If it resonates with you, great. If not, that's fine too because it's all about what feels good to you. So I give them – tools that I've heard of, that I use, that clients, other clients use, but then it's all about making people realize it is what feels best to you. Because some, like I don't, like for instance, the focus wheel, I, I don't use it. I mean, it just doesn't really resonate with me. I'm not going to pull out a focus wheel and start doing that. But then there's other types of things, whether it's journaling or uh, affirmations or, you know, singing, uh, Lady Gaga, I don't know, that puts me into a vortexy place. And so, that's what works for me. And we just have to, it just feels so abundant to know that there's many, many, many choices to get you there. Well, I really appreciate that, Maria, the, the spotlight of appreciation that you are shining on having a wide variety of, of tools and techniques and processes to choose from in order for us to find for ourselves what serves us best rather than, you know, um, I, I, that, that just, I can feel the way you describe that. It's a much better vibration than I had around it as I was, kind of belittling um, the thought that there's one big secret or one 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 missing piece that once I get that, then everything's going to line up. Uh, yeah, thanks for that. 
Um, I think another myth... Uh, oh, yeah, I like this one. That the law of attraction can fix or create or do anything. <laughs> this one, it feels like... No, law of attraction can't do anything. Only we can. Law of attraction doesn't do it. We just pr- we provide the material that it works with. The power is in us and universe, not in law of attraction. I know some people... Like I love, I laughed out loud the first time I read someone say they wrote something like I LOA'd it. <laughs> I I kind of I get a kick out of hearing someone talk about it. Like law of attraction is the powerful thing. We're the powerful ones. It's and law of attraction is the tool. Um, it's it's the process that we can leverage, but the the power lies in us, not in law of attraction. Um. That feels like the exact opposite about what I was saying on yesterday's call, Maria, about the story and the storyteller. But, but that's we don't need to go there. Um, all right. So I think another myth is that everyone should practice deliberate creation. <laughs> this is mine. <laughs> I, I, you know, I got especially in the beginning when I was so lit up about this and I was talking about it with everyone. I thought people would be nuts not to expose themselves to this, to learn it, to play with it, to master it, to embrace it in their daily lives. But um, instead of feeling like, you know, they're missing a major key to a successful life without it, I've come to realize this contrast is a good thing and it's okay for us to disagree and we're each walking our own path and we can't know what's best for another. And I also think besides it's easier to feel cool when not everyone else is knowing about it and practicing it. (laughs) So... That was that was me for me to give up that myth that that everyone should know and practice this. Um, I've got a this one feels like it comes from the outside the myth from people who don't practice deliberate creation. But I've you know sometimes I'll have clients share a critical piece, especially in the beginning after the secret came out. I had clients forwarding me stuff all the time saying, "My brother-in-law showed me this. How do I respond?" Or, what, "But what about this? Is it true?" Um, and a lot of that sort of material was making fun of deliberate creators for believing that they could sit on their couch and wish for what they want and expect it to happen. And it kind of uh, felt like they were thinking of deliberate creators as wishful thinkers or lazy Pollyanna-type people who were unwilling to face reality. And, you know, I've run in a bunch of different circles in my life, and I'll tell you, deliberate creators are, in my experience, the smartest, most open-minded, generous, supportive people I've ever known. And I believe they face the bigger reality. They don't avoid reality. They're they're opening themselves to the bigger reality. Um, so I think that's a myth that's that's often, I don't want to say often, sometimes carried outside of deliberate creation circles that, you know, that we just aren't willing to get up and do the work to create our success, that we believe there's some magic that can, and that we're ridiculous for thinking. So I think that's a big myth. Um, Oh, I got one I wanted to share. This one came from Andy's post where she was saying that you can get into trouble practicing law of attraction. Well, she didn't say this exactly in these words, but it sounded kind of like this, that that you know her her financial life was going great. It wasn't until she ran across Abraham and Law of Attraction that that um, ran into trouble. You know that's when she started to experience lack and suffering. Um, financial voice there. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to go ahead and, and mute Laura again. Um, 
But so, and I think that represented the thinking that some I have had clients come to me with this, where they feel like they're running in um, kind of a a dangerous pattern if they start practicing law of attraction, if they give up all the effort and the struggle and the action, that it's a dangerous game to play because they could lose everything if they give up that action-oriented approach to life. Um, And I I think that's a myth, that we can get into trouble if we practice law of attraction. I think the truth is that it's an avenue, it's an access point to... um, I don't know what words to put around it, but it feels like a richer, a deeper, a more satisfying experience of life when we leverage the power of our minds, when we understand the role that energy plays in the world and and we take deliberate efforts to manage that energy in order to lead us in the direction that we want to live. Um, I think, I, I mean, I don't want to say that someone is crazy for not practicing it, but but I, I absolutely could not agree with someone who thinks that it's risky. It's risky to go this route. I don't think there's anything to lose. Um, I mean, because like even in Andy's situation, worst case scenario, if it doesn't pay off for you, you can go back to the old way of doing it. Um, what, what do you guys think about that? Or, or what myths can you think of that we haven't talked about yet on this call? Jeanette? Yeah. Hi, is that Annette? Yes, it is. Woohoo! Nice to hear you, girlfriend. How are you? Thank you. Much better. So you could all laugh at me because I sound funny. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to go back to your $45 a month pills Mm. and say, wasn't that an expression of self-care, the $45 a month that you could spend on yourself? Whether it was pills or not, it was just something you were spending on yourself and you were worth it. Yeah, and and the self-care also showing up in my willingness to dismiss the thought from my, from my, and I say it's from him. Obviously, there was something in me aligned or he wouldn't be able to say this to me when he said, he was basically ridiculing me for relying on something that wasn't even powerful, that wasn't where the real power was. And And much as I know that and was willing to play with it, um, the self-care came in, in not beating myself up for continuing, um, a, I don't know, what's it called, uh, the subscription to it, I guess. Yeah, I like that perspective. Thanks for that, Annette. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> can you pass some of that juice plus over the phone to her? <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, it I makes, think, Jeanette, going back to what you just said about can you get into trouble if we practice LOA, I, I think I read that post, too, and I think that, I mean, I've even felt sometimes in, in this, these past few years where it's like, oh, my God, it just felt sometimes so much easier when I didn't know all about this stuff because I think what happens is we tend to, when we know that we can be the deliberate creators, then there's this extra level of judgment that's placed on us that we put on ourselves. I don't mean I don't mean it's placed by other people. It's placed by us. We do it. Um, and then it's just like, especially as law of attraction teachers, coaches, it's like, oh man, I attracted that. And then as long as you just got to make sure you don't get caught up in that, beat up on yourself about it. Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes it, it feels more difficult because you're like, I should know better, I should know better. But after all, like Sarah even said earlier, we all are human, 
and it, and and we're all going to have these this type of con- some type of contracts in our contract. See, I'm telling you, I maybe you should send me some of that juice plus two. I don't know. I think I need some, something going on here. But you know that we all are going to experience some type of a contrast, and it's just a matter of what we do with that and how we handle it. And if we stay in that moment and have a hissy fit, great. If it if it gives us relief, that's what's important. It's all about that relief feeling or that feeling better feeling. And if we look at it that way, that's our job. It's just like, well, what can we do just to feel better right now? And it doesn't mean go put a, slap a happy face on it or, you know, uh, go to some gratitude journaling. It could literally mean screaming to the universe. Or, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's really what it's about. Yeah, I like what you're pointing out here, that um, that understanding or or believing. I'll give the benefit of the doubt for the people who might, well, they aren't listening to this call, so I don't need to talk to talk to them. But once we understand how the world works, I think it calls us to a higher level of responsibility and that what we do with that response, with that awareness of our power and, and that responsibility, we can, um, we can be light with it or we can be heavy with it. And we can beat ourselves up for what we're creating and attracting or we can, we can be empowered with it by continuing the practice of fine-tuning what works for us and be willing to experiment and play and laugh it off and pat ourselves on the back and... And even in those things that don't seem to be working out too well for us, but to, kind of going back to what Annette said, to bring that that self love to the table at all times, so that we aren't we aren't being hard on ourselves when when we know that vibration doesn't serve us in any way, shape, or form. Not to mention we don't deserve it. I mean, hello, we're complete and whole and perfect just as we are. So there's never any real reason to believe anything negative about ourselves. That feels good to remember. Thanks for bringing that up, Maria. What other myths are there about law of attraction that either you've seen in people looking at how you live your life or people who are working to bring law of attraction into their own? I think that it's just about thinking positive because it's not. It's... it's it's not about just thinking positive. A lot of times people are like, oh, yeah, well, I've tried that. I've tried to go into a job interview and be all, you know, positive about it. And I'm, I said, well, what did you feel underneath? Oh, like I was never going to get the job. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you know, but it's really about the feeling underneath. And so I think a lot of people think, especially from the first, the secret, you know, the, the power of the book is, is much better at getting at the essence of the feeling. But the secret, I think people got this feeling, oh, it's just about thinking mm-hmm. it. I could look in that mirror, that, that window, and get that diamond ring just by going, ooh, I want that diamond ring. You know, but that's not, that's not the way it works. And I'll say it this way. It's not that simple, but I don't mean that it's hard. It's just that it's, that's not the way it works. That's not the yeah. formula. Yeah, you cannot sum up law of attraction by saying it's just positive thinking. Right. Yeah, good one. I think there is a lot of misperception out there from people who haven't really studied it along those lines. I've I've run across that in a couple of the corporate clients that I've worked with where some of the skeptical people show up and and that's basically that's how they think about it that's that's how they dismiss it. <laughs> All right, well I don't know if I've got any more in mind. Um Robert, is there anything that we haven't mentioned yet that you that you're thinking of? Nope. Well, I know this isn't a complete list, and I actually wouldn't mind publishing this. I was thinking that it would be fun to 
uh, have a conversation around this and gather other myths from from others and and have this put somewhere at Good Vibe U where it's accessible to um, everyone, not just members. So if you guys have any more that you think of after we hang up, uh, I'll start a forum thread around it. I'll type up the ones that I was thinking of for the call, and then we can add to the list if anyone thinks of any more. And I'll include the ones that you guys uh, contributed to our call today. So thanks I, for those. I did just think of one myth now that you mentioned it. Oh, let's hear it. I did too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you guys rock. Well, there's a myth that a lot of people have, I think, that um, the religion and law of attraction are... In- oh, my gosh. That they're, you have to choose one or the other, that they're... You know, the law of attraction might not be compatible with the religion. Right. And that's kind of been the focus of what coaching I've done is that uh, they're basically the same thing. They just use different words and just have to get used to the language and uh, realize that, okay, instead of saying that it comes from the universe, it comes from God. And uh, other than changing the language, it's really the same thing. Mm, right on. That's a big one, Robert. I can't believe I didn't think of that. That's a That's a good one. Thanks. Who else had one they were going to add? Hey, this is Sarah. Um, I don't know if this is really a myth or if it's something that just felt really good for me to let go of, and I did, but I remember I was listening to something a couple years ago, and um, this woman was telling a story about how, like, something didn't go her way, and then she said, well, I guess the universe had other plans for me. (laughs) And then, yeah. I think this was, this, yeah, this must have been a Michael Logier thing. And he said to her, um, I just want to interrupt you for a second. The universe doesn't make plans for us. <laughs> it's just like, I, when I heard that, when I heard it spoken in those words, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I felt so much better, like, wow. about my ability to, to have a say. Like, the universe doesn't know what's best for me. Like, if, if anything doesn't go the way I planned it, there's a bigger part of me that, like, had better plans for me or something like that. So kind of letting go of that whole, like, universe is in charge or something like yeah, that. I don't know if that's a myth or if it's just, That, that our you plans know. have to jive with in order for them to work out. Yeah. I like the way you said that, too, that how, how if I could hit the rewind button, I would, Sarah, because I really liked how you said that if there's a higher plan, then it's one that came from myself, that's, it's, you know, that I had set yeah. for some other purpose. I I like that reminder that, Nothing can block us from what we want. Yeah, I don't know if that would feel good to ever. I mean, for some people it might feel better to say, like, oh, the universe had something better in mind for me. And I think that can work really well, too. But for so, me at the time, it was such a relief to hear that. And I be like, that's a good point. Because oh, wow. like, I've I heard it control. in clients before when they say something like, um, well, that must not have been meant to be. And I don't call them right. on it. I can tell they're they're getting some relief from that thought, you know, that they're right. – it's serving them in a way that, you know, I don't really feel compelled to share my opinion about how, you know, yeah, just just like you mm-hmm. said, does not have plans for us. Sarah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, God, that was so funny. I was thinking that, and then everybody said, oh, I have one, I have one, and then you spoke, and I'm like, oh, my God, Sarah was reading my mind. <laughs> yeah, you guys are sharing big ones. I can't believe I didn't think of these. These are really good to get on the recording. Yeah, I mean, I like what you said, too, about, you know, like when sometimes clients say that, you know, like kind of a derivative of that very same thing and they're getting relief from it. I mean, really, that's what matters most, right? So it's not like, it's like a potential myth. It could potentially be a myth, but if it's working for you and it's serving you and it's helping you let go, then absolutely keep keep at it, you know? Well, and, you know, that really points to the core of all of this in that, you know, what 
what what we're doing here is finding ways to feel better. And whatever thought takes us to a better feeling place at whatever time, more power to us for it. That's yeah, well yeah. Said, Sarah. Well said. Um, does anyone else have anything they want to add? Nobody, nothing. All right, going once. How? How? Going twice. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> how about the myth of when you get to the place you dreamed about, everything will be great? Nothing will oh, go wrong. Oh yeah. Yeah, we said that. Because. That I don't know if you were at the top of our call. That was my favorite one, actually. Um, yeah. The all happy when. The way Zoe talks about it is the when-then myth, and um, I think I I I still experience that one myself on occasion. Where, especially in terms of relationship, especially in terms of body, all right, I could see it in a couple of areas, and it's always helpful when I remember that when I remember the truth that I'm in charge of how I feel. As long as I'm requiring circumstances around me to be a particular way before I feel peace or joy, then I am not in my power. That is not what I came here for. Yep, I think that's a bit, I, it's a big one for me anyway. Yeah, because that actually happened to me at the zoo when I first started. It was light and, you know, the first few weeks were like, oh my God, I'm here, I work at the zoo, I can't believe it. And then... I went into the habitual worry of, oh, no, what if I don't get hours? What if they don't love me? What if I do something wrong? What if, <laughs> oh, good Lord, it's just ridiculous. And, you know, my hours, I was having problems getting hours, uh, which didn't help me on my thoughts. But then I, I finally realized that it was me doing it. You know, if you're going to worry about your hours, then it's going to give you a reason to worry about your hours. So I started returning myself to the joy of why I was there. I'm not there for hours for paycheck. I'm there because I love it. Girl and don't friend. you know, Yeah, and my next two weeks are just like there's shifts all over the place on my schedule. You so, rock. Yeah. Yeah. You rock. Wow. What a powerful one to close on that um the example, you know, of what it looks like to remember the truth and to practice it, to reconnect with the joy just because we can, just because we can decide to, that it's really that simple. Mm-hmm. And it makes a, an enormous difference in what manifests. Thanks for that, Annette. You're welcome. And thanks for joining us while you're on the mend. <laughs> 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 all right, well, I had a great time with you all today. Does anyone else have anything they want to add? Okay, I'm going to remind everyone who is available. Kim is doing her Cut to the Chase Astral Call at 5 p.m. Eastern today. And Sarah is doing motherhead, Motherhood motherhead, <laughs> motherhood in the Vortex at 8 p.m. Eastern. In fact, I, don't, I haven't put this in the forums yet, but uh, Sarah was right behind Kim on our, our most voted MVPs, which, Sarah, that's saying something. In the, in the space of Pamela doing free readings, um, Patty getting rave reviews about about the call she did. Although was that in November? That might have been in November. Yeah, November. Oh, got it. Um, oh well, maybe that's it. Maybe it's a timing thing. Um, no, I, I totally anyway, felt like super cool. I was like, wow. I'm like right next to Ken. Like, wow. I must really rock. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on. Well, yeah, for me. <laughs> yeah, I so congratulations I really on that. It. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thanks exactly. for joining today. Oh, Laura, did you have something you wanted to say? No, I was just, no, just going to tell Sarah that, see, you can get unfriended, but you still can be close to MVP. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was a little Facebook, it was a little Facebook joke. 
People I, 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 I love you, Laura. You just put a smile on my face. <laughs> I love you guys. All right. Thanks for joining, everyone. Had a great time with you as always. Bye, guys. Bye. In the forum. Bye. Bye.